0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the British and Irish Eagles podcast and we are back this week. It's myself and Phil. This is the second attempt at recording this podcast. As about five minutes ago, when I was doing my usual intro spiel, um, Phil decided to stand up and what can only be described as what looked like playing lightsaber with, I think, was a Christmas wrapping uh, um, pole, um, and then proceeded to hit pause and the whole thing restarted. Phil, you haven't told me yet, um, but you've you've assured me it was it was very silly. What just happened there
1: <laughs> so basically what happened was i um before the podcast um set lottie up downstairs to do a bit of christmas wrapping so there's this is the office this is the storage area for all our <clears throat> christmas presents for other people and, and bodie of course and i thought i had given her everything she needed i'd picked one of the wrapping uh, rolls of wrapping paper um, and set it up downstairs. Shortly, about thirty seconds into the recording, I get a message saying, "I need the other roll roll of of wrapping paper." Of course, of course, she does. So I then, (laughs) trying whilst Liam was doing his intro, was trying to sort of negotiate getting a new roll of um, wrapping paper out the door. um, Proceeded to stand up, get my uh, headset cord, um, which was wraps around not wrapped around but sort of um entangled with my pint of well, not guinness the brew dog version which i'm so sorry liam i'm not drinking guinness i'm drinking <laughs> brew dog black but just, just, just always, better and better. That, that's another that's another story um <clears throat> i proceeded to you, you know the, the, as i went across the room and and pulled taut the uh, cable it knocked my pint of black tar ah, all over the floor and in my ability to try and stop the podcast I pressed the I pressed the space bar which started a in the <laughs> intro again um, and it was it all, a
0: comedy <laughs> of affairs I have to say to witness but you're back and is everything safe are, are you safe are the family safe is the house safe
1: <laughs> uh, well the carpet might not be safe but um Uh, if Mick manages to get the because obviously we've had to start a new um a new room for this new (laughs) there is actually going to be a recording of about three minutes that if Mick if you are listening um it might be worth sticking that on Twitter just for some (laughs) hijinks and comedy gold but um yeah it was it's not a great start so we're here on take two uh Liam's back not on a not on a a winning podcast but a losing podcast he's he's come yes. back to uh redeem himself for missing the niners podcast that i yeah i uh, had to get us through um but you're back so
0: breathe, i am i am <laughs> uh, absolutely let everyone breathe Everyone, every, we're gonna be okay and, and that's gonna be the theme of this podcast um from me specifically i feel like there is a lot of hysteria going on this week i know a lot of it is founded in common sense and having just God only knows why, decided to just recap myself again of a five-minute highlight reel before we recorded. Uh, I I damn know know why everyone is in in hysterics to speak about the Eagles. However, we've had some days to ponder the loss against the Dallas Cowboys, 33-13, and some time to reflect. Uh, There has been some newsworthy stories in the press, from the team, from the media, Hysteria continues to follow from the fans through to the beat writers, commentators, certainly on the national side of things. We are the, the, um, the pinata to bash uh, this week. And I know a lot of fans of other teams in NFL absolutely love that. So we will eat our humble pie. We deserved to lose against Dallas. They were the better team in their own backyard, compounded by... Error after error and some poor play calling on the Eagles' side of the ball, both sides of the ball. It was a humbling defeat, a defeat that the Eagles will not take lightly as an organization, as a coaching staff, and as a team. I fully expect the Eagles to bounce back against the Seahawks this coming week. We'll get into that in a bit more detail. Uh, So you know what you're going to listen in for this, strap yourselves in for for this podcast. We're going to talk about some of that news We just touched upon the injury report may come out during the podcast, but we have an injury report from yesterday. We can go through on both sides of the Eagles and Seahawks. We will look at the Eagles versus the Cowboys. We will talk about the good, the bad and the damn right sexy. And for a change this year, there is um, a lot more in the bad column down in the, in the good side of the um, column. And also we will do our Loch Lomond play of the week as well, followed by a preview for the Seahawks game, looking at their injury report, what impact players have been playing well for them recently, and what our overall kind of predictions are for the game. Coming up against the Seattle Seahawks, all right. Without any further ado, let's get into some news before we get into the Eagles versus Dallas game. And there's been a lot of noise in the media this week, Phil. From reporters and players have responded in kind. Do you want to quickly take me through the the news as you saw it, uh, and then I'll and I'll take uh, I'll take everyone through the injury report as it is at the moment.
1: Yeah. So there's been a bit of of overreaction, as you mentioned, Liam, and, and no, where better place to start than, than Derek Gunn this week. And the thing about Derek Gunn is that he, I seem to be associating him with bad news, but it's never bad news that's, like, unfounded. So it's not some guy spouting off stuff on Twitter that makes you worry. It's a guy who's quite reputable, um, has a lot of history with the Eagles and a lot of connections. So when he comes out with stuff, it tends to be a little bit, like, ugh, you can't just dismiss it as some crazy guy in his underpants shouting at the top of a mountain. So you have to kind of listen to it and take it for maybe what it is um, on face value. And that's that um, he reported that there isn't, there wasn't at least one eagle player um, after the game that, off the record, was 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 quoted as saying that the eagles, uh, that the root development takes too long and, and is too predictable. Um, So basically saying that the coaching and and the training and and, and the team just is is slow and I I think you can kind of probably agree Liam that it kind of feels like it fits the narrative of the last two games things a bit sluggish Mm -hmm. a bit slow to develop so you can kind of lead to believe it a little bit um, on face value and when you sort of look a a bit closer. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have been been lauded as a as a team that's been very close knit, very mm-hmm. tight. But then we've been winning a lot, so I guess from my perspective, things like this tend to creep out when things are going badly. So wins I...
0: breed confidence, breed happiness, breed you know. And when the losses <laughs> come, it's it's everyone's looking over their shoulder, what's going on, who's <clears it's> to <the> blame, <throat> et cetera, et cetera. Case in point, um, just picking up on um, Darius Slay. Has come out in his podcast today or mm. yesterday um, to basically loud himself and applaud himself for his performance in the game. I and don't I like think, that man. Nor do I. And I think so. I can't, It might have been Devin Caney. I, I can't remember who I saw on Twitter turning around and saying, You would not see Jason Kelsey coming on his podcast and congratulating himself on how well he's blocked. We need to start looking at Darius Slay and the kind of persona he is when it comes to now look I get he's defending himself he's defending himself um but he should be defending the team not his specific position I know he's he's been attacked by certain areas of the fan base. His stats are on par pretty much with last year when he had a, a incredible year for the Eagles. He's not had a terrible year. It's been compounded by everyone else playing badly around him in the secondary. I am mean, James Bradbury is having one of the sharpest declines falls from grace in NFL Eagles lore that I can remember uh, in terms of the amount of times he's targeted, the completion percentage, his the QBR rating he's allowing, his coverage ratings. I mean, they're all on the floor compared to where they were last year. And to be honest with you, <clears throat> I don't think we were expecting Bradbury to be as good as he was when he came into the Eagles when he left the Giants. I know he was he was a solid player. He was a good player. I don't think anyone expected him to perform at the level that him and Slay did. And perhaps he climbed too high on the mountain in terms of his ability and the drop-off is far starker now that he's performing to the level he is. But he is he's playing without confidence. He's playing without any kind of degree of... He doesn't even know where his feet are going, you know, let alone where the routes of the wide receivers are going. But just bringing it back to Darius Slay... Um, thoughts on that? And he, he's the Slay family are friends of our good friends 4th for, for John. They do a lot for the community. He's been a great player for the Eagles. He's a captain, but he does have a tendency to run his mouth off a little bit.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's actually like three bits to this that I kind of do want to quickly address. First off, first and foremost, rightly so. Like um, the good friends of the Fourth and John podcast, Jen Slay has been great for the fan base and, and great all all around. And even she took a lot of heat on sunday completely Which is
0: ridiculous
1: yeah. absolutely outrageous yeah. like it, that's what embarrasses me about players families
0: of. man I mean come on like seriously when, you,
1: when you're part of a fan base and we, we lord how good we are as, as Eagles fans and how passionate we are and that's like that's definitely well that's so far over the line that it's not even worth discussing much more it's it's you know there's no there's no disagreement there's no discussion no. it's completely outrageous and, and shouldn't be part of football like fair enough level it at a Darius Slay we're all angry and we need a, an outlet so focus mm-hmm. on the player that you're angry about if you're angry at him but by all means like if you if you go after someone Family, it's just like you're you 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 scum. I'm sorry, like I don't care who it yeah. is. I know I might, people might get upset, like calling your fellow fans scum. But I think if you are someone who does that, in my eyes, I it, agree. It's, it's, it's I, no don't place, so, I don't I don't want to associate
0: myself with Eagles fans who go after players' families members, especially no. not family members who who do stuff for the community, turn up at tailgates, exactly. or for Give tailgate. jerseys.
1: They yeah. invite people to sit next to her. I mean, that's I and anyway, yeah. that's that bit done. That mm. being said. Darius Slate is one immature son of yeah. a bitch. Because that is he I mean, you often forget, especially once you get to well, my age, now it's sort of your age, where you end up being older than your the players that you support. Like we you know, there's a point where you become where you turn 30, most mm-hmm. of the players that you support are always younger than you. You have to remember I've still got a few play.
0: older than me, not many. <laughs> Couple.
1: But the, 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 yeah, I know you know I know what you're saying, but the point point being is that I know what you mean. You... And especially being an NFL player, you have a certain um, responsibility to just be mature. And in a team where you've got players like Jason, Kelsey, Fletcher, Carks, you would have thought a little bit would rub off on Darius Slade to say like, doesn't matter how angry the fan base gets we will lose games and they will come after you for whatever reason rightly or wrongly your job is to not react to not address it and just to move on because believe me the next game that you win they'll be right back on your side and you won't be angry it's it's the immature factor where you react and he not only has he reacted but he's got his own platform where he's used that as a as a platform where he's not having a debate with anyone He's just going out there and spouting off about how great he was. And it's like, if he has an agent who is got any kind of common sense, you will first thing would be like, don't react. Don't do anything. Just get your head down, work on it and go away. Like, just don't do it because this is this has actually turned me. Against Darius Slay as a person, not as a player, and I still support him as a, as a team. But don't forget, you know, Manchester United. We've got Mason Greenwood and Ryan Giggs. Plays like that, they've done horrible things, and it's a case of as people yeah. don't don't like them, but as players, they were they were they were good. That's that's another story. Another that's a topic. Not
0: and and also just just on that point, like um, it's, it's it's very it's very easy to to cast play on characters, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing because I agree what he's shown from a character perspective has, is not what we're used to in the Eagles dressing room. You think C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, and, and the the type of personality we knew coming into the dressing room, he, he was found out very early on. The players told him to shut up. It wasn't about him. It was about the team. And then he, and he went to play good. And then his true colours came out when he um, when he left and when he didn't get paid the money. And his agent didn't do him any favours either. We know how that story ended he might be coming back soon for the, the Lions if he, if he isn't already from injury. Um, anyway, Slay has always had that in him. Now, you do need a bit of dog in you. You need a bit of confidence, a bit of swag in him. A.J. Brown has it. But you'd never get A.J. Brown coming out and saying, you know, I did my job. I did my job great and and not backing up the rest of the team. In in times like this, when you're a captain of a team, when you're, when you're a senior member of the secondary, with lots of young secondary members coming through, the, la- the, the first thing you should be doing is defending the team, rallying the troops, digging in, taking accountability, taking responsibility, not not boasting about what you're doing. Having said that, let's also remember they're football players. They get a lot of stick from a lot of people. He was probably pent up by the stuff that got thrown at Jennifer Slay, and he and he, he he responded emotionally to it as well. So I don't think it makes him a bad guy. I think it's a silly it's a silly thing to do. It's a it's an immature thing to do and. Hopefully, something he'll he'll learn from. I'm sure Kelsey and Brandon Graham will be telling him straight off the bat after that, like, "What the hell do you think you're doing?" We we hold ourselves accountable in this in this locker room.
1: I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll okay yeah I'll grant you that, and I, I think I would probably be the same um, on a more a more sort of basic level that if someone did that to my my partner, I'd be absolutely fuming. Mm. Um, so I, I maybe okay, maybe I'll come down a little bit on that regard. I just think that the like i said that the team's been portraying this this togetherness this connectedness this one mm. message one one drive one direction sort of thing and this is the sort of thing that kind of it shows some away of, from it yeah. well not even that it just shows that it's probably not as true as we would like to admit because this is <laughs> where there's time but like the people that were like well it's like you said while well, you're winning it's easy to go along with it yeah. Um And then when stuff like this happens, the the, the mask slips a little bit. And it just goes mm-hmm. to show there are individuals in that locker room. There are people out there out for themselves. And rightly or wrongly, yeah, absolutely, that's not what I want to see when yeah. the team is desperately trying to get themselves back on track and get yeah. back into I a Super Bowl you. winning mode and, and going on with it. And that's yeah. probably why I'm so upset about it, I guess.
0: Yeah. No, no. It's a, it's a very good point. I mean, everything you've just said, completely understand, completely agree with. And, and the mask slipping... Um, is a phrase that you love and I love it when you, when you drop it into conversation um, and it's, it's Debbie true. You also made a statement a minute ago, which was crazy man with his pounds down screaming on top of the mountain. I feel like that was every Eagles fan at 5am in the morning. <laughs> on the yeah, <laughs> Basically, and probably half the way into Sunday as well. All right, good stuff. Um, moving on to a few of the other news topics this week. Um, so, Myalada, off the back of the comments from Derek Gunn, you meant you touched on it. Mick My has come out to say that uh, it should not be on Brian Johnson. Don't blame it on the play calling. The players need to step up. And uh, he also went on to say there was an unofficial pre uh, meet, lifting meeting with Jalen the O-line and a few others, so they could look 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 to bring themselves back together. And it's not the only it's not the only thing. That the Eagles have done differently this week. There's been a lot of talk today in the media around the change in to the start of the training schedule this week on Thursday for the Birds. There was a lot of ball security training, learning to fall, learning to fall with the ball. Obviously, ammo for those out there in in the national media saying that we don't trust our team, we don't trust our players, blah, blah, blah. I think it's the complete opposite. Nick Sirianni always talked about getting back to fundamentals before the season last season, talked about it this year as well and when I went to the Nova Care Center, not this time around, but the time before, I saw the signs in the team meeting room around ball security. They were prominent. They were absolutely everywhere. And they had new ones this year when I went in again around – around, there wasn't so much of an emphasis on ball security, but there were different connotations. There. And I think the Eagles have just got away from that a little bit. Like A.J. Brown is, is incredible after the catch. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith wants to make every play happen. Jalen Hurts has an issue. There's, there's no denying that. Jalen Hurts has an issue with ball security, and he needs to – he needs to be better. He needs to make himself accountable. We give him a lot of praise in this podcast as, as our franchise quarterback, and we loud him every single week. He's always in the good part. Jalen Hurts needs to take some responsibility. He needs to take some accountability, and he needs to hold on to the football. There's... there's there's, there's no denying that. But I think the Eagles are getting back to basics. I don't think it's a bad thing that they're drilling these things into the team. I think it's a good thing that they're, that they're making them do this. Humble them. Make show them that they need to learn how to fall on the floor from three three feet in the air. Make them realize how simple a thing it is that they're missing could could change the course of the game. And we're gonna get out, we're gonna get on to it in more detail, Phil. So that's we'll we'll do that in a sec because there's three specific fumbles we need to talk about that changed the dynamic of the game. But just to round off um, some of the Eagles injury news, and hopefully we'll be able to give you some more as this podcast develops. But um, Cam Juergens is still still not practicing. I believe that was today, actually, not not yesterday. So that's actually live today. Cam Juergens is still not practicing at right guard. It's looking very unlikely to me that he suits up on Monday night. Last time we had Tyler Steen, Line up next to Lane Johnson at right guard. However, that was when Sua Petal was injured. Sua Petal was taking all the snaps at right guard today. Fully expect him to be in that position come Monday night uh, football. And I think that's all she wrote for now on the Eagles' news side of the ball. We'll talk about the Seahawks when we when we preview them. Fail and hopefully, hopefully some of these injury reports, um, land. But let's let's just let's go let's go into the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. And it's it's not as you know sexy as as it normally is. But um, let's let's go straight into the bad because I want to I want to continue this topic that we're talking about with regards to, to the fumbles that the team have made and <clears throat> Smith, Hertz, and AJ Brown all on really important scoring drives. Hertz fumbling the ball near the twenty yard. Lying on a designed run. I think he made 15, 16, 17 yards on the run. It was a good run. And then fumbled the ball towards the end. A.J. Brown um, fumbled the ball after the catch as he was taken to the ground. Smith had a, well, I think must have been nearly a 30-yard completion with with the run after the catch. And then as he was was taken to the ground again, the, the ball went loose. So, so hard, Phil. Is this just, is this complacency? Is it enthusiasm? Is it trying to do too much because they're down and there's pressure on them? Like, what? what's – Hurts aside, Hurts aside, we've seen Brown and Smith do this a few times this year as well and and have some pretty big drops in recent weeks as well. Against the 49ers, there was a there was the A.J. Brown drop, and then there was a drop in the end zone from Devontae Smith. Now we have fumbles on both players. Are they, are they feeling the pressure a bit here?
1: For me, it's I. I look at fumbles and I go. They just they have to be considered isolated instance. You don't often get three different fumbles, uh, three fumbles by three different players in, in the same game, and in such a high-profile game and in such a tense stadium where we we're already a little bit up against it. It felt. I try not to. I try to treat it in itself like yeah, ball security. That's don't don't worry about anything else. There's no play design issues. There's no. Um, th- th- were throwing issues because they were both like the Devante Smith. There's nothing wrong with a throw and catch. It was just. Oh, you mean
0: specifically for those fumbles, not in general, right? There's no play design issues for those <coughs> plays.
1: Yeah. So, as in, it's not because. Yeah. Oh, um, it's not like when you when you have an interception or um a drop pass, you can kind of go, you can kind of assess whether the throw was at fault mm-hmm. or whether the, the the receiver was at fault. But in a fumble, mm-hmm. it's a case of yes, the carrier is at fault. Was the carrier did they did did they do everything they can to do it, and it still happened, or were they just very, like you say, lackadaisical with with the ball? And it's 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 a hard one for me to get angry about. I'm upset about it. I'm disappointed, but it's almost like you know, when, for example, when I spilled my my drink just before this pod, and it's sort of like the initial thing is to be angry, and and, and why is this happening? Why is why why now? But then when you kind of look at it and go, well it just happened there's nothing that could could have done to prevent it i didn't realize my my cord was wrapped around it so on and so forth there's loads of little aspects about that where you just have to kind of go it happened there's not really any obvious root cause for it it it, it just happened the way it, it did and i'm hoping that it's just a one-off it's an isolated incident, and specifically with the um um the game and itself and how it went and the tense situation going into dallas we all had a feeling that we probably wouldn't win we were all trying to talk ourselves up and be positive but i think going into that situation we all expected it to be a bad day we just hoped that it wouldn't be um and they the only thing they can do is 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 just work on ball security but as for the the you mentioned before we got into the game about the the drills that they're, they're putting the team through the extra sort of emphasis on ball security like personally i look at Jalen Hurts um Doing stuttery steps and falling to the ground from you know from standing position and look at that and go that 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 doesn't do anything in my eyes in my eyes I'm like that was more about humbling yeah the team for me it was a case of it was kind of reiterating to a to Jalen that look, don't get me wrong he is still the guy I love him to bits and it's like mm-hmm. he can't do no wrong but sometimes that can get into someone's head and things can kind of get away from you where you think i'm not saying jalen sort of doesn't take accountability of course he does what but i he mean takes is takes more than anyone yeah i feel like it was more of a statement like from Sirianni, mm-hmm. maybe to say we're gonna like, humble jalen hurts it sends a message mm-hmm. to the whole team that no one is above these mistakes and everyone is accountable for their actions and by doing those drills and making Hertz look a bit stupid, you could see the videos highlighting him shaking mm-hmm. his head. And I think it's because deep down, Hertz is not sat there going, "Why the fuck am I doing this?" He's sat there going, "I don't want to be in this situation." Yeah, yeah, I completely again. agree.
0: Yeah, I, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, and that's ex- and that's exactly how Jalen. Like, no one beats Jalen up more than Jalen. No, no one holds <laughs> Jalen accountable more than Jalen Hurts. We we know that from every interview we've had with him. Um, um we've, we've seen him every every interview we see from coaches from players people we've talked to who know jalen hurts and met jalen hurts ourselves he holds himself in 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 a different stratosphere in terms of accountability so when you see him shaking his head and when you see him disappointed he's disappointed at himself he's not yeah. disappointed at the situation he, he, he's disappointed at the situation he's put himself in by that happening you can see his reaction every time he fumbles on the f- pitch he's like God, I've got to be better than this. I've let the team down in this specific, specific play. This isn't Jalen Hurts thinking this is beneath me. I, I don't believe that for a second. And I think it's a really important point, Phil, because a lot of people out there will be thinking that, who don't know Jalen Hurts or, and honestly, we know Jalen Hurts personally, but we know him pretty well, haven't covered the team as closely as we have since he was drafted. We've watched pretty much all of his interviews. We've, we've met people who know him and have met him, who we've interviewed and asked him. I certainly have with, with Big Dom and co as well. Um, and and, and, and lots, of, lots of our contacts have, have interviewed him. And, and they all say the same thing. He's as advertised. He's the hardest worker in, in the team. His dad was a coach. Um, you know, his dad coached him hard. He wants to be coached hard. He likes being coached hard by Nick Sirianni. He asked Sirianni to do that when he was first drafted. Maybe people have forgotten that element about Jalen Hurts a little bit with, with all the euphoric rise he's had. But you, you hit the nail on the head. Jalen Hurts is shaking his head in that video because he doesn't want to be put in that situation again. And because he's disappointed in himself, not because he thinks he's beneath him. I think that's an excellent point, Phil. Excellent point. Um, good stuff. All right. Um, let's look at the... Um, let's look at the... Well, just, Can I just quickly touch on AJ Brown for a second? Um, he's not in a good part of the good department downright sexy today, but he did have 90-plus uh, yards. He had a decent game other than, that, other than that fumble. And had the other two fumbles not happened perhaps there wouldn't be so much shone on AJ Brown. He he had a pretty good day as a wide receiver for the Eagles. Um, But the Eagles didn't score a a single scoring touchdown. So you can't really praise any of the offense when that that happens. Uh, I expect the Eagles to be very, very good at securing the ball this coming Monday against the Seahawks. I don't think there's any excuses now. I, Jalen Hurts specifically is very good at putting stuff out of his mind and carrying on. AJ Brown's confidence as we know is always through the roof. Devontae Smith couldn't believe it when he fumbled Uh, and and also couldn't believe it when he dropped that catch in the end. And I was like, this doesn't happen to me because he catches everything and he's, he's brilliant with the ball. So I'm not overly concerned about AJ Brown and and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Sorry, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts needs to step up and look after the ball more. He needs to take accountability for that. And I think he'll do that. I think he, I think he will do that. Um, Alrighty, moving on to another part of the bad and you've got in our notes here um, Phil couldn't stop a nosebleed, so uh, talk me through this because I've got something I want to add to it as well
1: um, Yeah, it felt like yet again, similar, very similar situation to the Niners game where the, the Eagles just couldn't stop on third downs and it was a ridiculous stat that that, that came out of it. The Cowboys converted over half of their third down attempts and it's an alarming trend that's stemmed from the Bills and Niners um, games where the Bills were allowed to convert 59% and the Niners a whopping 73 so three quarters of every attempt on third down was tran- was translated into a first down um, so the Bills and the Cowboys games were, were eerily similar 56 and 59 um, respectively and it's just I don't know. I mean, I think we have to keep remembering reminding ourselves that the secondary is not the same. And I think going back to the, the Darius Slate and James Bradbury comments is that we you know we've been we haven't had Maddox all season. Mm-hmm. That's a big loss. We've been constantly plugging holes and in the linebacker situation we've been suffering injuries. Dean's hopefully coming back soon, but yeah, C.J. Even Gardner,
0: C.J. Gardner, John um TJ Edwards left this year as well. who's one of the best we, linebackers in the league.
1: We, we promoted uh, undrafted free agents in Ben Van Sumeren up for the last game. That's how the situation is. So you have to kind of remember that the Eagles are basically trying to plug holes wherever they can in the secondary. But that being said, um, it just felt like they just couldn't stop a nosebleed if they tried. They couldn't do anything to stop the cowboys doing what they wanted even like i think it unless it was sort of third and seven and longer i don't think any eagles fan out there felt safe like yeah we're gonna get we should get off the field on this one it was like yeah if it's anything less than seven yards they're just gonna find uh, a middle of the a middle of the field pass or uh, a rush that was just gonna sort of Bash through a swing pass or anything like that. The Cowboys just seem to have an answer for whatever situation that we threw at them. So you know, all, all credit to the the, the Cowboys' coaching and, and preparation. They just seemed like they were much more prepared and more up for the game. But I think that the Eagles definitely need to be accountable on yeah. on defense in this game.
0: No, one hundred percent, and and I was listening to every word you said there, Phil. But the injury report landed, so I, w- I was just checking that out as you were as you were speaking. So, um, com- completely agree. The the defense needs to be accountable. So I'll uh, uh, build on that for a second because again, what's not in the good part of our good to bad Denmark, sexy was the defensive line. The defensive line didn't have a terrible didn't have a terrible game. Uh, Hassan Redick had two sacks, which I think went unnoticed to everyone. Um he had two sacks um and also Fletcher Cox had a sack which uh, we're gonna go on to was then um turned into a um a return for a touchdown as well. So defensive line played well, but the issue is the play calling and the um and the what's sort word I'm looking for here, the um execution. Or where that word was coming from the execution on defense on third down and on second and long and a third and long i think there was a moment where it was like it was third and 20 lives they get this i'm gonna bed and then it happened it was like oh for god's sake <laughs> It gotta happen like a number of times and we we we, we had them on a lot like second and long like third and long on multiple occasions and they kept either getting penalties at the right time or they kept um or they kept get you know converting on third down it was it was really really frustrating the eagles when they come up against teams in the playoffs, like the 49ers, like the Cowboys, whoever it is they whoever it is they come up against, they, they're gonna need to play a different game on defense. Unless there's severe injuries on on the opposition side of the ball. That that defense playing that way does not work against these teams. They have too many skilled players, they have too many ways in which they can beat you. You have to put pressure on when pressure is already on, right? You have to dial up the pressure and we need to put some more. There's absolutely zero doubt about it. So a couple of updates, which has just landed in the last couple of minutes. The injury report has been released for the Eagles. Zach Cunningham is still on the did not practice. Um, tab for the injury report, linebacker Cam Jurgens, as we mentioned, did not practice today with a pictorial injury. Darius Slay did not practice today with a knee injury. And Reed Blankenship has cleared concussion as he was a full Participant in practice today. I'm not sure if he's officially cleared it, but he was a full participant in practice today. So, wearing signs for the Eagles there with Slay and Cunningham not practicing on Friday. Hopefully, we see them on Saturday, um, either in full capacity or, or or limited, which gives them a chance to suit up on Monday. But on a Friday, on a Friday afternoon, three days before a game, uh, not not really wanna, what you want to see from your your star quarterback, as he is, despite everything we said in this podcast. And your um Andrew River linebacker, who's probably been a most consistent linebacker so far this year. And then another another update, um, which is pressure off what we've just been talking about, and that is AJ Brown has come out to distance himself from the Derek Gunn comments regarding the routes being uh taking too long to develop. Uh, there was a lot of people there were a lot of people who had said that that the gun was was um was was linked to AJ Brown, uh, because they they'd worked together, they've been together, it's not the case. Um, they don't know each other and he's distanced himself from those comments. Gunn hasn't said it was AJ. So if AJ says it wasn't gun and, and Gun's Gunn's always accurate in what he says, and I completely believe that. Also, AJ Brown was targeted 13 times in the game. I hardly think he's gonna be complaining about um getting 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 targets or, or routes taking too long to develop. So just a couple of updates um there, Phil. Do we want to just quickly talk on penalties? for the eagles versus dallas game
1: um we don't need to spend an awful lot of time on it but i think it's definitely noteworthy to say that we had 10 penalties for just under 100 yards 95 yards on the on the day um a lot of false starts which i guess you 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 can often put down to being in on the road especially in in the stadium and, and listening to the um go birds podcast who were there with their their travel company um similarly to Philly sports trips with a large group of Eagles fans, obviously disappointed to be there, but they, they did come away saying how, how obviously impressive the stadium is, the dome is, you know, Jerry was obviously an impressive piece of architecture and that. And and, and likewise, the, the noise is going to be quite substantial in a dome first, first off. And I imagine Dallas fans don't need a reason to be loud. Like we were exceptionally, mm-hmm. we were probably louder in a non dome than they were. I'm pretty sure. But, um, a dome definitely helps to reverberate the sound. So you're going to get these sort of miscommunications. And and Marla, I was on WIP sort of saying that a lot of it does come down to to, to communications and um, between the O-line about where you're lining up, who you're blocking, all the sort of play calls, pointing out um, linebackers and all that sort of stuff that's important to, to know for a quarterback, especially. Um, and the false starts comes that way. So you can kind of half excuse that. Um, and there was, you know, an absolute bullshit, defensive pass into <laughs> call on, on Darius say so I mean he's coming out crowing I, I feel like I understand more if he was coming out talking about the penalties and stuff that he suffered mm. people would have more sympathy for him because that was clearly sort of it's just one of those things where it depends on the on the officials that you get on the day and how how attentive they are you know they miss blatant calls sometimes and then they, they're absolutely eagle-eyed on the smallest little um, grab or or touch um, of a jersey, and it's like bang done. You know the the the, the penalty that was picked up for the, two uh, two, the...
0: two penalties picked up on scoring plays in that game. That's
1: yeah, ridiculous. so the, well, the first one predominantly for me sticks out um, mainly because it was Jordan so early in the game. it. In itself set the tone in my eyes for wow. how the game was going to go. They they th- they throw a flag and then they they kind of say there's no foul for for holding, and it's like well. In the moment you saw something you thought was holding. So in normal situations where you call something, or if it's under review, if it's given a touchdown on the field, you have to have a reason to, to overturn it. You can't just say, Oh, I'm not sure anymore. You kind of have to go, No, actually it wasn't holding. And it's not that's not like one of those situations. You're not reviewing it. You're just having five seconds while you're walking up to your mate to kind of talk about yeah. it, go, Well, I'm not sure. And then that that breeds all kind of um Conspiracies where they're like, "Oh no, you know, that's not the that's not the game script we're going for, lads. We need to allow the Cowboys to score here." Um, and I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's what it breeds because essentially, where, well, it breeds you... that
0: in the media and the fan base for sure. But it's 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 well, not the you... case. There, there might be a bit of unconsciousness in there because there was a lot of media there was a lot of media um, fury before the game about how this guy had um, I can't remember the name of the referee, but he had, he had presided over seven Eagles wins in a row. And we'd had no penalties given, and Dallas had had loads, so, and it was in Dallas, and it's a prime time game. So yeah, may, and then and then there's a flag thrown on the first touchdown play. Maybe something in the back of his head go, goes, "Oh, okay, let's just let's just double check this." Maybe I don't know. He's a professional referee in the NFL. I don't think so, but it certainly breeds the. It helps the conspiracy theorists out uh, with their with their. Um, if they're, if but they're moaning and they're whinging.
1: But the, but the point I'm, I'm I'm making is that in this particular call and and to overturn it is that if you're not sure of something, you know, comparing it to to our our football over here, yeah, the reason they don't blow for offsides or they don't blow for certain things until they they allow something to develop, they go see see how it goes. and give themselves some thinking time. So the referee mm-hmm. will often pause for two or three seconds before he he blows. And the mm-hmm. same way that you see some late flags coming, and we all moan about late flags, but. I don't know, would you rather have a late flag for the guy to kind of go, oh, "Was that holding? And then not throw it? Or would you oh, rather he threw it in late and go, Do you know? no, that is holding. And he's, he's he's thought about it rather than just going, oh, holding, and then someone go, are you sure? Oh, no, I'm not really sure. So I'm going to take that flag back.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because you see someone throw the flag straight away and you, you almost know instinctly something has happened and you have confidence that a ref has definitely seen something. When you see a flag come in really late, it's one of two things. It's it's what you've just said they have been thinking about it a while or they may have been influenced by another ref saying something i don't i don't know I don't, i'm not i'm not over sure but it, i was just thinking about this as you were saying like in the nfl like you can't challenge stuff like holding calls right you can't challenge flags and holding calls whereas in the premier league um you can't challenge them but there are there are there are There are reviews, VAR reviews, for if there's been a foul in the lead-up to a play, right? This is the foul in the lead-up to a touchdown. Now, there are booths. Every touchdown is checked, but they're not checked for holding calls. They're checked for whether he got in the end zone, um, whether he passed the plane, um, and that sort of thing. It's not not checked for errors. Now, maybe the more pertinent question is, should there be – a touchdown review, which includes potential fouls. And I think the answer is probably no, because no. If, you, if you do that, you, you open up a can of worms where you could probably make a case where someone's holding on too long or pushing not not more than a meter out or, you know, is brushed someone by too early uh, on four or five different plays when a touchdown happens and you probably never see a touchdown scored. So it's it's difficult and it's a difficult job they have. Um, but look, all saying all that, it was 100% the wrong decision, and I completely agree that you, when a decision is made for a scoring play, there should be more time taken to consider whether it's whether it is or whether it isn't. And I don't know, I don't know the rules around who gets the benefit of the doubt on that. You know, is it is it the is it the scoring team, is it the defending team? If you you have to wait on a 50-50 dime, because basically you have to overturn it, right? The call has been made by a referee on the field, you have to have sufficient evidence to overturn it to then overturn it, otherwise say, then, say the it's, flag should stand.
1: Say it, say it's innocent and the guy generally has seen thought he'd seen something, he's he's called the flag for holding, and then someone's come in and gone, No, you didn't. It yeah. undermines for me undermines a little bit the 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 legitimacy of 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 having your additional um officials to call for things like that if he thinks he's done it if he if it's him who's second-guessed it and gone i've thrown it and then i've second-guessed myself it's like don't throw the flag in the first place if you're not if you're not more if you're not 100 sure do we know if
0: the main ref overruled it or did the guy pick up you're you amusing yeah.
1: I'm musing I'm of the two possible situations where he's either been overruled or he second-guessed himself. If he second-guessed yeah. himself, then then surely he shouldn't be throwing the flag in the first place. If he's not sure, let it go, and just people people will turn around and go, "There's a, like as we do in every game." Oh, nobody called the holding on that in those stats. People just kind of. They say it, they forget about it, they move on. They go, oh, no one called the holding on that that, that Cowboys touchdown. But because they threw it and they took yeah. the flag back, uh-huh. that's the problem I have is that either he's second guessed himself and wasn't confident in the first place, or someone yeah. has come in and gone, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in I which just case, don't like he's that. either
0: been he's either been overruled or wasn't didn't feel strongly enough about it to to put up a defence for it. Yeah, I can, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point um i guess it's by committee right they all four of them get together and they say okay well you've said you've seen it you said you haven't seen it what do you guys think and maybe maybe I, it's based on majority i don't know we maybe we should get a ref on the podcast i, I
1: think i think for me <laughs> if, if i was that official and i'd thrown the flag i'd throw it if i was confident and also if someone came up to me and said are you sure I'd be like well i wouldn't have thrown it otherwise like yeah, trust yeah. me that what i think i've seen is the truth and let's just go with that because it's probably the safest option is to blame it's easier to blame someone with what they thought they saw, than what happened. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, he, thought, he thought it was holding. Okay, well, I disagree. Well, we'll move on.
0: Yeah, well, let's, well, on that note, let's move on because the penalties were not the reason we lost this game. Um, and we certainly don't want to sound like we're 49 41 40 because we're not. We, we've already said the reason we lost this game with Cal- Dallas, we the better team. So let's touch on some good. And then we're going to, I'm going to do a quick segment on um, reasons to be positive. We'll have a quick break to do our advertisement, and then we will get into the, 70, 76ers, the Seahawks um, preview. So for the Damn Right Sexy, take it away. The Damn
2: now. Right Sexy.
1: I got in there. I'm not as quick as Mick, but I was prepared this time. The um, <laughs> Damn Right Sexy this week, and I'm hoping everyone agrees with me once again. Um, last week was... Um, was you guys for turning up to the watch along, although it could well have been this guy. So I think partly because of that, but also partly because of the incredible highlight in an otherwise drab and dreary game. Um Braden Man, damn right sexy this week. And I think you all know the reason why. Um I think it caught every single Eagles fan, old and new, in completely in their step, kind of watching it going, did we did 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 we just throw on a fourth down fake punt. I mean, I've seen teams like the Lions and the Dolphins over the last couple of years bring out these wacky plays because Dan Campbell and McDaniel are wacky guys and they're creative and, and kind of sit there longingly thinking, I mean, I know you don't need to, but it'd be nice to see a little bit of excitement and a little bit of a fake here and a. And a yeah. You know, we've played it a couple of times and it's been quite drab and dreary, but that and just caught everyone unaware completely turned everyone from their their pit of despair even for a brief moment just to see us make the cowboys even just a small minutia of the game look mm-hmm. quite ordinary um, on It the was it,
0: everyone was elated when that happened like it was like yeah come on something to cheer about i've got um, i've got a new segment for the podcast which i've just made up which is Liam's, Liam's hot take of the week here's my hot take of the week brian johnson is keeping a lot of his play calling up his sleeve for the playoffs. The Eagles are not showing too much pre-snap motion. They're not confusing defenses too much. They want to lure lure some off defensive coordinators into a false sense of security. They want to keep them sort of up their sleeve for the big games. And because they've done so well at winning games... And being ten and three, and they can still clinch number one seed without giving too much away. My hot take of the week is Brian Johnson is keeping a lot of this under wraps for the games that really matter. So there you go.
1: You can tell that you probably don't listen to Go Birds as much as I do. Um, oh, okay, because go that on. is that is an ESP take. No way, long. is it? It is. It is. Um, he. He said it actually before the Niners game. His take was, and I'm probably going to be paraphrasing a bit here, was that we don't want to show everything on our playbook and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. to the Niners in a regular season game when we're more than likely going to play them in the NFC Championship game. Now, obviously, at the time, we hadn't lost against the Niners and we hadn't lost against the Cowboys. So we were at the the supreme confidence levels um, of we're going to the Championship game. It's just a question of who we're playing. So... (laughs) I hate to say it, mate, but you, you are literally ESP incarnate on that one. Wow. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. I'm joking. ESP is, a, ESP is a great, a great pundit. And I don't, I don't mind being compared to him for hot takes because you need to take a take every now and again. And, uh, well, it just shows that I am genuine because I don't, I don't very often get to listen to all of the Eagles podcasts. I probably only get to one or two a week and, um, and, and don't get to go birds as much as you do. And I definitely didn't hear that take. So, um, yeah, there you go. I'll I'll take it. Or maybe but, but, I'll message but, but, ESP about it.
1: <laughs> but, but, but as for the take itself, like at the time, um, I'm trying to remember how I felt. You know, we're all supremely confident. We're like, don't be stupid, ESP. We're amazing. We're going to beat everyone in our way. And It doesn't matter ah, how okay. much they know. We we felt it was at the invincible stage. So A lot of people were mm-hmm. like, shut up, ESP. Um, and 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 I think it you think is people on your are
0: mind. listening to my take more this time then.
1: Potentially, I think you're you're making a big stretch off one special teams play. Uh, so oh no,
0: I no, think... no that's, um, that's Michael Clay. No, I'm genuinely not. I've, I've I've genuinely thought about it for a couple of weeks. So probably at the same time ESB did. Maybe we are born, um, bred from the same cloth. Um, but I've genuinely thought about it for a while when everyone's been talking about these pre-motion snaps because I think the Eagles um use pre-motion either 31st or 32nd most in the league. Yeah,
1: they're very low down in the preset motion. Percentage. Yeah,
0: and, and it does confuse defences, and it, and especially when you're using play action, it confuses defences even more, and it can open up space over the middle, and we're not using the middle of the field as much as we should when we're, when we're throwing the ball, and I know that's been affected by Dallas Goddard not being around, but 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 we haven't used it as much, and, and I just think, you know, the Eagles have been there. They've been to the Super Bowl recently. They know, it, you know, Regular season games don't matter as long as you get to the playoffs. It's it's how you do in the playoffs. It's how you play in the playoffs. And I just wonder whether there is an element that's an element of it that's been held back. That's been, Doesn't that's it strike been, that's you as a little in. bit
1: arrogant, though, to say that we're confident enough that yes, I'm gonna give you okay? That so that what last, I would last, like to last...
0: what I would like to see so, so just on on your point there, what I would like to see, and I haven't done the research, is I would like to see where the Eagles ranked in pre snap motions. Over the first three, four games of the year, um, versus where they rank in pre-snap motions from games five, six onwards. Because you can make the argument after f- four or five games and go, Okay, we reckon we got a good team here who can run with it. Let's hold let's hold back some of our innovative playbooks and um and and well, I mean, you say that and it's it's not exactly like the Eagles have just been running the ball down team's throat. So, you know, you, you, you can make that argument as well. I don't know, I just feel like he's holding some I don't I don't feel like I I can't believe that Brian Johnson has this much faith in the locker room and this much faith Nick Sirianni, a Super Bowl attending head coach, a Super Bowl attending quarterback, um, a franchise which is very used to winning. I I cannot see that they don't see enough in him that he's going to be pulling some stuff out of the locker and turning stuff around. We have seen him improve throughout the year.
1: I think – I mean, I'd love – I'd absolutely love you to be right. I think everyone out there will be kind of going, I really hope that's the case. I just think that's some – that's some top level um, conspiracy theory stuff going on. And I think um, that's kind of giving the Eagles organization as a whole to hide it and to make the believable stuff. So when we're looking at AJ Brown and Derek Gunn and all this sort of stuff, all the stuff that's now kind of spilling out the cracks a little bit after the two defeats, to make that believable, if it's a case of they're going, well, we need to act really angry because, you know you Know they don't know what's coming in the last few games. No,
0: yeah, I see. I I mean, that's not what I mean. So, I don't mean they're just not doing it because they're because they're really arrogant. I and Sirianni came out and said in the press conference this week he said that their players could beat players one on one. The the Smith and and Goddard and AJ Brown have the ability to beat players one on one so they don't have to reroute them into space as much as others, and maybe they're saving those when they do need to reroute them for the playoffs a little bit. as well. Are, are
1: you saying that there's like a couple of chapters at the back of the playbook that are just not going to get opened until the yeah, playoffs? I think okay, so. I, I understand that. I'm, okay. I was probably being a little bit um, over the top in my, my assessment. Look, like I said, I really would love you to be correct. I want there to be some sort of like the Eagles flick a switch um, in, in two or three weeks time. Um, and, and go into the playoffs and start bringing out outrageous um, games where they're like, where was this Eagles team? It's like, ah, we were hiding it all along. I really want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I just also feel like sometimes it's like the Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is often the truest one. And the Eagles have just hit a bit of a, a, a purple, uh, not purple patch, a, a bit of a, a shitty patch um, mm-hmm. where they've just come up against a Niners team that blew us out. And then we had to go from that blowout loss into Dallas, and in a game where we probably at the start of the season we all chalked it up as a loss, so we all got our our W on the pr- season predictions, and we kind of knew that That's we were horrible. going to go in that situation. <laughs> no, but we kind of. I think the general consensus is, and, and it's Ooh, one of the only one who had us beating the Seahawks. I just see. Yeah, I know. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Sorry. The, I think it's <laughs> it's more of a case of, and I, I tried to write this down in the notes, but I couldn't formulate it in a way that made sense. So maybe I'll try and do it on on the fly verbally it's the sense that because of the sequence of events from the Niners to the Cowboys like if the Niners game had gone differently none of this would be really a much of a a talking point but because we went into the link and got I asked Angela's unprepared whatever the reason why we lost the Niners the next game that you want to have the bottom of the list will be the Cowboys in Dallas. That is the worst game you can possibly put on the schedule after such a horrific loss. So it's almost like it felt Dallas, like we gonna...
0: Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Dallas in Dallas.
1: Yeah, that's the that's almost like short way round. If we had, if we, if we'd been, if it had been the other way around and that this was link, the, the the home version of the Dallas Cowboys game, I think mm-hmm. we would have gone into that going, this is going to be one hell of a game because we are going to go in there with a loud link and, and, and try and do our best. I just think you have to put it into context of we played two games and the con- combination of those two games in that moment after a horrific gauntlet of three games of Dallas Bills Chiefs, uh, Dallas Chiefs Bills, it's It's just one of those things where I think you have to look at it and go, this week against the Seahawks is what we wished we had after the Niners game. Because if that had been Niners, then Seahawks, I think we'd all be going into it going, look, it was a blip, and we're absolutely 100% confident, and we were just talking ourselves into the Dallas game. I
0: love it. Um, So, um, nice segment. I'm going to continue this on with reasons to be positive for the birds. All right? So, reasons to be positive for the birds – Philly wrote some of these out. I wrote some of these out. I'm just going to go with it. That's all right. Because I think you've just touched on some of them yourself. So every team has had a run like this. The 49ers have had a run like this. Miami Dolphins have had a run like this. The Lions have had a run like this. The Chiefs have had many runs like this. And the Cowboys have had a run like this. The Birds have lost two in a row. Every other team has gone through this adversity. It's not the end of the world. We're 10 and three. We're not seven and nine. We're not nine and eight. We're not six and eight. We're not eight and six. We're 10 and three. And had you asked any Eagles fan at the start of the season, if they'd be 10 and three after 13 games and pretty much own their own destiny to get to the number one seed over at least the number two seed, um, then you would, you would bite their hand off. So we're in a very good position. And there's not a lot to worry about, even though there's a lot of recency bias stuff to worry about. You touched on it. The Cowboys road game was possibly the single worst game that the Eagles could have played after that stretch. We all had it as a loss preseason to be expected. Three fumbles in a game on scoring drives does not happen every week. And you don't win games when you turn over the ball three times to the opposition. It just doesn't happen. Now Hertz has Hertz has been a bit systemic with this recently. I get that. I understand that. But AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have not. It, it's not. It's not there. It's not their game. It's not what they do. AJ's had a couple during the year, but certainly not Smithy. That, that is not going to happen again. They're going to wipe that up. They've already started to do that. I'll let you say the next one, though, Phil. We don't have to listen to.
1: <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Here we, we, don't, go. we
0: don't have to listen to Dak Prescott say, huh, here we go. Well, that was terrible, actually. Um, but anyway, um, you get the drift. It, it was that bad to listen to. I, I would have preferred to listen to a cat-like screech, which I just made.
1: It's, 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 it's annoyed me well before this game. So it annoys me when people say, oh, it's just because you were playing the Cowboys and you got your ass handed to you. Absolutely, complete and total. Um, horseshit, because no, but it
0: was a, it was amplified because of that. Definitely,
1: it was definitely. I I, f- n-
0: I felt it amplified when I was listening to it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got annoyed when a couple of years ago he came out with the the Saturday Night Fever routine when he's twisting his hips in the war. and I was like, "What a tit!" That annoys me. And then he got injured uh, probably because he twisted. And then his he his got injured. <laughs> well. anyway,
0: anyway, let's let's finish this segment on two more reasons why why you should be positive. The defense will get better with another week of Bayard and Blankenship, with another week of Cunningham and Leonard playing together. I know Cunningham is on the injured reserve, but as the weeks go by, these pair will play better at linebacker. The safeties will look better. And for the love of Christ, Bradbury can't get any feckin' worse. So that's something to be positive about as well. The only way is up there. And finally, hungry dogs run faster. The Eagles are no longer the favorites to win the NFL this year. They are no longer the favorites to be the NFC number one seed. They're no longer the favorites to win the NFC East. If you ask most people who are not Eagles fans and, and probably half of the Eagles fan base after this loss, the Eagles don't do well. It doesn't feel right to be favorites going into a Super Bowl run. It doesn't feel right. And especially in a year where Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burr are all floundering. It doesn't feel right to be favourites for the Super Bowl. The Eagles do it best, when they say nothing there? Not, exactly went through my head. I couldn't <laughs> Eagles do it best. I couldn't resist. It just came into my head. But it, it is when they say nothing at all, right? It is when when no one says nothing. When no one says anything about them, right? It's when, they, when, the, when the league isn't hating on the Eagles for being the favourites. When they can't deal with the fact that the Eagles are the favourites. They'd rather shit on us. And we'd rather they shit on us. Because when they shit on us, we come out smelling of fucking roses.
1: Wait, see, for, for me, it's like the this situation. they they took The way they talked about us when we were 2.2 games clear in the NFC above the Niners um, was like where we are now. So they were talking about us like we were in the mix on the same level and 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 there's nothing to discern us so they was like well the eagles have they got enough to to show it it's like hang on a minute we're, we're two games clear and, and don't get me wrong hindsight's a wonderful thing and they're going to be a certain amount of ah, uh, we were right but it's like well now it feels like the way you talk about us is is appropriate for the situation we're in so now you're saying can the eagles do it? it's like that's the way we like it we like that doubt we like that conversation but not one with two games clear because it just doesn't compute when you talk about a team like if you talk about any other team the cowboys or bills or the niners and they were 10 and 10 and one where all the other teams were eight and three or, or mm-hmm. whatever at the time it's like you'd be like why are you say why are you talking about the niners like they're terrible when they're two games clear but mm-hmm. i guess that's just us
0: yeah, yeah, it might be. It might be. Look, the Eagles fans love to moan and whinge. We've seen it all week. It's our fan base. We own it. We love it. I, I don't. Uh, every now and again, I, I might, I might get a bit irate um, at some people in the chat when they're too negative, and and I apologise profusely because I'm such a positive Eagles fan. Um, but I do appreciate the love and the passion and the joy that. Um, the Eagles bring and 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 what that can mean to some of our mental healths <laughs> and our frustrations that boil over into messages, online posts, etc. As long as they don't um, attack specific players and or their families, as we discussed earlier on in this podcast. But uh, listen, anyway. Moving on, we'll have a quick break for our sponsor, and then we will get into a preview of the Seahawks game. Back in a sec.
2: Celebrate victories, rally through challenges, and bond with fellow fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond Single Malt Whiskey. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond Whiskey becomes an essential companion, enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment, from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat, Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts, with their flagship perfectly balanced, and signature expressions inch moan and inch muron to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness, on and off the field this season, with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whisky and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar, Fly Eagles Fly.
0: always calms me down for like the next part of the podcast listening to that like just such a soothing toned voice what better time to give away our Lock Loman play of the week and Phil I'll let you take this away my friend
1: so the, as with the damn right sexy there were very few moments in the game that could be truly considered highlights or reasons to be positive or enjoy the game whatsoever but just when the Eagles were really struggling to to get anything going on offense, the the defense comes in with a fantastic play to get what ended up being our only touchdown on the on the board. Um, a combination between the veteran Fletcher Clo- v- Clocks the veteran <laughs> Fletcher Cox, and the rookie Jalen Carter, um, combining to force a Uh Dak fumble and Jalen Carter scooping it and taking it 40 yards he was quick man we know he's quick we know how (laughs) good he is I think that was that was a chance for everyone to see like oh man maybe Rhino baby like imagine how if that guy's coming towards you as a quarterback that's going to send a message across to our future opponents but I think it should have sprung the team into life unfortunately it didn't much like the um the the big dom ejection of Greenlaw and Niners game. We were hoping that was going to be the spark that was going to inspire the team to to come a comeback to, to bring on a comeback, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But that's that why we mean. lost both
0: games. We lost the 49ers big dumb got ejected, and we lost to the Cowboys because he wasn't on the sideline. It's as easy as that guys.
1: I mean I wish it was that way. Um <laughs> and I love I love the I love I love that. But um yeah no i think it still has to be celebrated and yeah. and it was such a it was such a great moment because I think I was at that point about uh consider heading to bed to at least watch it in bed you Mm. know much the way that when you can see a game's going one way it's like you know i'd much rather be sort of like be able to roll over and turn over but that then drew me back in annoyingly for another quarter um where it just got progressively worse after that so um thanks thanks jay and You you both gave me the best moment and also the most annoyed moment where I end up staying up for another 45 minutes to an hour longer than I should longer than I needed to, to watch what continued to be quite a drab game. But um congratulations, <laughs> Jalen Carter, your, your bottles in the post.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Talking of bottles. Thank you to our sponsor, Luck Loman for our Christmas care package that was delivered to that was myself, incredible. Mick and Phil, um, whiskey, um, champagne, and, of, of course, the Ben Lomond um, gin, which they also do, which is, by the way, absolutely fantastic. All three are fantastic, but the Ben Lomond gin um, was one of our um, one of our wedding favours, along with the uh, Inchmurrin miniatures. We got compliments from them from everyone. People want to buy bottles of them. And, and, of course, if you're a British and Irish Eagles member, you can go onto the Loch Lomond website and use your um, – discount code on there. Um good stuff. Um moving on to the Seahawks game, let's talk about the Seahawks. They have a number of injuries the Seahawks do at the moment. A number of injuries in their secondary, a number of injuries to some of their key players and a number of playmakers. They've had a up and down season so far. They have they're six and seven. They've beaten the Panthers, the Lions, the Giants, the Commanders, the Browns, and the Cardinals. The only real team of note to talk about there is the Browns and the Lions, I suppose. Browns have an incredible defense, and Lions have been—I mean, what are, the, what, what are the Lions? Nine and four now? Are They're ten and three now. I can't remember which one they are. Um, but
1: be, they, I don't think.
0: Anyway, they're doing very well. Should, should probably know that, but they're doing very, very well this year. So a couple of couple of good teams they've beaten, and they've put a lot of points up on a lot of teams. You know, even in losing games, and um, they they put up um they put up where are we where have we gone here? They put up thirty seven. No, they put up three against the Ravens. They put up twenty nine against the the Commanders. They put up twenty four against the Browns. They put up they only lost by four points against the Bengals. They beat the Seahawks, the, the Cardinals, even twenty to ten. And um, they put up 35 points against the Cowboys and they also put up 16 points against the 49ers. So you can make the argument that they played the Cowboys and the Seahawks and the 49ers, excuse me, much better than we did uh, the Seahawks. However, however, Gino Smith, as of yesterday, still hadn't practiced this week and is is very much questionable to suit up. And we could see Drew Luck suiting up the quarterback position for the Seahawks. Devin Weatherspoon, who's in the running with Baby Rhino for defensive, rookie, rookie defensive player of the year, has not practiced all week and again did not practice yesterday. He came out of week 14's game, didn't come back and hasn't practiced all week. That's a huge loss if it is indeed a loss for the Seahawks. Jordan Brooks, um, one of their best linebackers. He's got four and a half sacks this year and an interception and a forced fumble, as well as leading the team in tackles. He also did not practice yesterday. And then some of their other star players, Leonard Williams, Jaron Reed, their defensive tackle, and also Jamal Adams, although he's been pretty crap the last 18 months, all were limited in. Oh, Jamal Adams was actually, he did not practice. So they're quite banged up. I know the Eagles are banged up a little bit. We talked about some of the players that are out, but in but in terms of star players, they're also missing some some key players who are out for the season, specifically their defense, their star defensive end. Um, but if Geno Smith and Devin Witherspoon are do not suit up on Monday, that massively changes it in our favor. Phil, right?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, and 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 I'm going to admit something here. I had absolutely no idea what the Seahawks' record was um, going into the pod tonight. I, I think I just naturally assumed it would be somewhere around the eight eight and four mark, um, eight and five mark, uh, where they were sort of not doing badly, but probably sort of on the cusp of maybe a, a divisional place or a, a wildcard spot. Um, mm-hmm. but six and seven is pretty poor for them, considering how good a team they were when they lucked into Geno Smith playing at quite a high level last season. So coming into this season, a lot of people had them um, maybe winning the division over the Niners if, if things went their way. But six and seven is pretty poor. And, and the six teams that they've, they've beaten, Panthers, Lion, Lions, Giants, Commanders, Browns and Cardinals. So you can argue that there's only one team on that list of teams that you can argue as a as a. would say two. Sort
0: of- I'd say Lions and Browns they've got winning records.
1: Winning yeah. record, yes, but the Browns are very much an anomaly in terms of they, their defense you know, is just incredible. Their defense <laughs> is just amazing and kept them in games, and they've they've won a won a, won a won a fair few of them. But yeah, okay, well, even that. Well, one so. thing I
0: will, one thing I will throw just to play devil's act for, for a second, and and something I only just realised as well, their losses are against the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bengals. The 49ers again, and I'm missing one. The Rams. Rams. So other than the Rams, you know, the river losses are against teams who are Super Bowl favorites. 49ers, 49ers, yeah. 49ers Cowboys, Ravens, Bengals, not so much, but
1: yeah. Uh, and, and the Cowboys game, you know, we, we were watching that back um, the following morning and I was thinking, great, the Seahawks are going to do us a massive favorite. And they they almost did it. They, they, they drove them really close. They did a hell of a better job than we did going into mm-hmm. Dallas. That's for sure. Um, and I think I'm not writing them off I'm and I'm not trying to sort of put them down to make myself feel more confident about us playing them but I generally am after seeing their record and who they've beaten and seeing their season as a whole um uh, I'm feeling a little bit better about it you know the fact that DK Metcalf has has, has massively gone off hitting it in the last couple of games especially um and it's starting to have a bit of a game and against our secondary Someone like D.K. Metcalf Metcalf is going to have an incredible opportunity to have a big game. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that that is the only thing that we have to worry about. And as long as we can get our offense um, clicking together and, and keep putting up points, we can nullify, we can focus on D.K. Metcalf. They've got Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba who are also incredible players. So it's going to be a hell of a test for a beaten up secondary. But I feel like we've played games like that this season already, where mm-hmm. they've had a potent offensive receiving core, mm-hmm. and we've been able to do just enough to keep them on an average game, and and do do well elsewhere, and, and overall, like sort of you know, speaking of the Vikings specifically at the time with Kirk Cousins, Jordan Allison and and Justin Jefferson, we managed to sort of keep on top of them. I'm hoping Slay plays for that for that reason, but mm-hmm. I feel like that. the the confidence I've got is also boosted by um, having the need to come back. Mm -hmm. Like we wish this game had come out of the Niners game because I feel like it would have been a good opportunity to defeat a team that wasn't terrible. um, But we, we could be confident of beating. So in terms of, oh yeah, you only beat the Seahawks wouldn't be an issue, but also it would be a tough enough challenge to sort of warrant people kind of going, ah, the Eagles came back and, 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 and sort of really try to sort of turn the narrative around again.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look on the offensive line, the Eagles have a, a much better offensive line than the Seahawks. If you look at their wide receiving core, I would say it is – the Eagles have a better wide receiving core, um, better better receiving core. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard are, are better than uh, Lockett, Metcalf and JSN. Um, it's not a lot in it. But as a top three receivers, they, they are a better wide receiver core. The Eagles have a vastly superior quarterback, which is the most important position on the field, then both Geno Smith and Drew Luck, whichever lineup. The the secondary for the Seahawks is battered. If 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 Devin Witherspoon is out, their C B three and the C B four are all have also been battling injuries as well. This week, so they could be completely decimated on the on the, on the cornerback side of the ball. They, they've they've obviously got injuries at safety, which we talked about, and at linebacker. So the Seahawks' defense is not looking strong right now. Um, look, a lot of them might come off the injury board this week, but as I said, with the Eagles' players still being on the injury report, Devin Wivenspoon and Gina Smith still being on the injury port, three four days out from a game is is not ideal, especially when it's on the the did not practice side of the ball as opposed to the limited side of the ball. I feel like if the Eagles can't beat the Seahawks, and I know they haven't beaten them in 15 years, but come on, right? The Eagles, most of those games, guys, were with were Russell Wilson playing, right? In his prime, was a top three, top five quarterback in the league. We didn't have Jalen Hurts then. Carson Wentz was playing the last time we lost the game to the Seahawks in 2000 and 2000. 2020 and um, DK Metcalf put up 177 yards against Darius Slay that game. So um, Slay, <laughs> big talk this week. Let's back it up now, please, against DK. DK's gone for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in his last five games. He's flying at the moment. And people seem to forget, like, he, he was drafted in the, into the league really young. He's still only like 26, even though it feels like he's been around for four or five years. DK Metcalf is, is an incredible player. You mentioned JSN and Lockett. They, they pack a punch. Lockett can still, even though Lockett's like 30, 31, he can still go off. He had six from six for 89 yards against San Fran last week. JSN is a very exciting rookie slot. A uh, receiver who could definitely eat up yards against our soft coverage over the middle, depending on what scheme is is designed up by Desai. And they have a good one-two punch in Walker and Charbonnet. Charbonnet, a dangerous rookie, and 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 Walker is he second-year Walker or third-year? But he's again a dynamic uh, running Walker's
1: back. In his year, yeah. I don't know why. They pick,
0: other than the fact that we know Pete Carroll loves running the ball, I couldn't believe when they picked up Charbonnet when they already had Walker in the draft. But you know, it's it's it seems to be working for them. But given given those potent weapons, if you don't have your star cornerback and you beat up in the secondary, and you don't have your star quarterback, and your offensive line isn't as good, and your receiving core aren't quite as good, then there is no excuse. The the Eagles have to and should beat the Seattle Seahawks. I I I think the Eagles. To win this comfortably. I think it might be a comfortable win for the Eagles, and that might sound crazy to some people out there. The Eagles are going to get back to basics this week. They're going to probably design up a few more plays. We haven't seen them design recently to show, show the league that we're, we, we still have it. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be on it. They need to win. They're underdogs. They have the better team. They There's the better roster. They have the fitter roster. There's no reason the Eagles should win this game. If the Eagles lose this game, then I start to worry. If the Eagles lose this game, I will come on this podcast next week and tell you I'm seriously concerned that the Eagles don't have a shot of making a deep playoff run. I think they'll still make it to the playoffs. Of course they will. But I'll be very concerned that we can't beat a, be- a, a big team in the playoffs if we can't beat Seattle this week. I, there's no excuses after this one. But I'm fully confident.
1: <laughs> so, hey, um, drawn the round of applause there, I think. That's what we want need to hear, Liam. I think that's... Um, for me it's more of a need than a than a than a expectation. I think this has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you know, people can kind of look at the Niners and, and Cowboys game and go, they weren't yeah. just one offs. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a problem. And I think if we come back and beat the Seahawks, yes, people will still say, Yeah, but you couldn't beat the Cowboys and Niners, but we can comfortably sit in the knowledge that it was just a terrible combination of two games in the wrong period and we, we, mm-hmm. we didn't go up to a, at the end of a terrible gauntlet of tough games, overtime games against massive oppositions. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a shame that the, the, the Chiefs and, and the Bills aren't in, in the NFC because we'd feel a lot better about it. Because they're AFC opponents, they kind of hold very little weight mm-hmm. in terms of tiebreakers and stuff. But I think we can go into the to to Seattle and and win games. But I feel like we have to go in and we have to win well, we can't come out of this game thinking the old gif of, you know, yay, the Eagles are playing. That was terrible. Yay, the Eagles won. You know, the the line graph with the Eagle on it saying, you know, how, how it is watching Eagles games so far this season, which is they're, they're a tough watch, but you come out of it feeling elated because they won the game. We need to go in there and we need to dispel the... The, 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 the vicious spe- rumours. Well, dispel the, the <laughs> spectre of, of not being able to win in Seattle. Dispel mm-hmm. the, the rumours, yeah. like you said, of the Eagles being supposed frauds in the eyes of the, the mainstream media. And mm-hmm. to go in there and to give the players confidence. And I, and I said it in the group yesterday to say that if, we, if, we, if those two games end up being the springboard for us going into the next four games and smashing them out of the park and then going into a playoff game and absolutely... Um, Going in with our heads, our heads held high, and mm-hmm. and going into a great playoff run, then 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 I'll ultimately in hindsight be glad of those two horrible games for being the reason why the Eagles didn't become complacent mm-hmm. at the wrong time going into a playoff run that that ends up costing them because they they were they were overly confident. So mm-hmm. um, I the think... right
0: time for those losses to happen might sound stupid, yeah. but it is. Um, but it, it's it's the right time. All right, good stuff, Phil. Let's let's wrap it up there for this week's for this week's edition. Uh, my my lovely my lovely wife is looking forward to a little bit of um, Breaking Bad action. We're going to get going on tonight. We just started watching Breaking Bad. For we both got through season one um, many years ago. For Fifteen years ago, Breaking Bad was made. Can you believe that? That's when it was started. Fifteen years ago, and uh, we You've we watched. Never the got first... it Yeah. Well, nor did I. So so this is me telling you and any other listeners out there. Uh, this is your chance. It's been a while. You probably all started it. You might not got into it. The first three episodes I watched last night, I haven't laughed as hard or cringed as hard or looked away as often or looked back and been gripped as much as those first three episodes. So I'm looking forward to a little bit of vino tonight. I'm going to go and see my my dad tomorrow. We're having a, a bit of a Christmas soiree with my dad and his wife at his because we're seeing my uh, my mum and Kate's mum's side of the family over Christmas. So that'll be nice. i um, looking forward to watching Sunday Night Football. I'm watching all the other teams play, put a few bets on, maybe some DraftKings bets on, and, and and not need to worry about the birds. Hopefully, we see some losses from some of our rivals. That will be that would make a nice little a nice little tip to the hat on the Sunday afternoon, and then Monday night we're gonna go watch the birds beat the Seattle Seahawks. Let's not forget, Bird Gang. We already beat the Cowboys before. Yeah, we lost, but we've beaten the Cowboys before. We've already beaten the Rams. We've beaten the Lions. We've beaten the um. We've beaten Miami. We've beaten the Bills. We've beaten the Chiefs. We've been six teams that have been in the, the topic of Super Bowl contenders this, this year, popping ramps. Um, we've been five teams who've been in the Super Bowl conversation all year so far this year. A couple of bad games. I'm ready for us to win on Monday Night Football. I hope this podcast has given you some positivity and encouragement that the birds can bounce back from this. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Love going back and forth with you on this one. And we kept it to under an hour and a half for a podcast, which is an absolute dream. Um, What are your plans for the weekend before we shoot off?
1: I am doing all the last minute bits and pieces before Christmas because it suddenly dawned on me that it's the last weekend before Christmas. I know there's the Christmas weekend kind of doesn't count. This is the last organized
0: Everyone's drunk from next Friday onwards, so it's game over.
1: So I need to get everything finished off this weekend and then uh... (laughs) – Then it's into silly week, as the, the armed forces tend to call it, where nothing happens, lots of alcohol is consumed, and no one does any work. So it's silly <laughs> week. And leading up to Christmas, everyone's in a good mood. And let's enjoy um, Christmas. That's, uh, I can't wait for the fact that the Eagles are playing Christmas Day secretly. Oh, that's good. I
0: know. I
1: know. Um, what time um, is it? Nine? Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect time. Perfect. After you've stuck the Turkey, you've had plenty to drink, and you're going to sit down on the sofa. My Everyone's going to be gone from the house. To have to watch the right.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, everyone listening in, send us your Eagles Christmas jumper photos this week on Twitter. We'd love to get a little reel of them out there. Tell us what you're doing over the Christmas period. Give us some feedback on the podcast. Join up to the British and Irish Eagles membership if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, I think for now, that's, that's me. That's Phil. Uh, we're off for the rest of our Friday evenings. We hope you enjoy listening to this on Saturday on your strolls and Sunday on your bike rides before the games. On Monday at work where you're cycling yourself up to the game. Uh, we've been the British and Irish Eagles. I've only had one drink on this podcast, which I think is a record. And um, we love you. Speak to you soon.
2: F the Cowboys. <laughs>